Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are live from Diamond Airport Parking. Come on out and see us just off of I-80 at Redwood Road. Very, very easy to get to. We'd love to see you. We still have some jazz gear for you. Uh, to give away. We also want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Uh, They're looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero team. 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. We're going to talk to Will Snowden coming up here momentarily, our Cougar insider here on the station. You can hear him on pre- and post-game shows as well as the uh, um, Cougar preview show every single Wednesday with Hanson Scotty here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Will also does uh, Alpha Recruits, so he's very familiar with, uh, with uh, well, all of the players and coaches around the state because well, that's how he makes his living. Well, that, that's good. So he gets a, a bit of the in, inside <laughs> scoop, and we're certainly lucky to have him associated with the station. Indeed. He's Not to terrific. mention he's a super dude. So no. we'll, uh, we'll talk to Will coming up here momentarily and get his take uh, his takeaways from uh, BYU's win over Tennessee. I, he's been very high on Tyson Williams, and I, I thought you really saw why yes. in that Tennessee game. He yep. was absolutely terrific. Uh, in fact, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Joining us now, former Cougar and, of course, our Cougar insider here on The Zone, He's our good friend, Will Snowden. What's up, Will? How are you? Gentlemen, how are you doing? Hey, we are doing great. We were just talking about Tyson Williams. I know you have been uh, extremely high on this guy even before the season began, and I thought we really saw why uh, against the Vols over the weekend. Oh, yeah. he Obviously, I'm feeling really good about what Tyson did. and <laughs> I, I don't know if he has any of my pregame, but... And it was very clear that I wanted to see him getting a lot more touches, a lot more opportunities. And uh, they gave it to him. I, listen, I, I'm an ex-running back. Uh, I would have liked to see a few more touches, and, and I'm hoping this week that I, we get a chance to see that. So how, how is, what is the correct balance then between allowing Zach Wilson to do what he likes to do, wing the ball around, and Tyson Williams letting him carry the ball. How are you breaking that down? Well, one of the things that people, a lot of people don't see in the game plan is they're running a lot of RPO. So, so really what Zach is seeing, you know, sometimes he'll pull it and, and uh, let it rip, and sometimes he'll give the ball to Tyson. You know, I, I love what Zach's doing, but I really hope that the coaches will decide that, no, we're going to go a little bit less RPO and actually – designed runs and run the ball at these guys because, you know, anytime you're playing a team like Tennessee or a team like USC, you're going to see a lot of talent, a lot of speed, uh, and BYU just won't match up player for player. Um, so I, I think that without a doubt, I, I want to see more you know, really controlled runs without the RPO. But um, will I see that? I don't know. But I, I would like to see more of Tyson. I think he's a guy who needs you know, 22, 24 carries. He's just going to get better with, with more touches, as we kind of saw in the game. 
Will Snowden with us here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you know, everybody thinks of that, that final, I guess not the final play in regulation, but that big play from Micah Simon uh, to set up the game-tying field goal. But Micah, uh, on, in addition to that play, was absolutely balling out against Tennessee. What was the difference for him? How can he more consistently be the number one guy like that, Will? Well, well, I think he's going to be. I think that you know, last year was a rough year for Micah. Um, you know, he he it, it was to the point where he started the season as a starter and ended the season barely playing. Right. So when you uh, he made a new commitment this off season that he, that would not happen to him again and that he was going to take a serious leadership role and he and he's done it. I mean, he looks good. His off season was unbelievable. He obviously was training very hard. Went back to Texas. Was training with Margin. Stayed here training, putting in work work with Ross Oppo. Um, this is a kid who really wants to be great. And then one of the things I love about him is it, watching him run down on kickoff. I mean, a lot of seniors don't want to do that, and he's committed to the team that, you know, and I want to do every single thing I can as a senior, and obviously he's putting it all on the line. So I, I think he's going to stay as the leader, um, as the number one guy. He's been a lot more effective getting in and out of his cuts and out of his routes, which is definitely needed there because, you know, we haven't had a guy on the outside these last couple of years that really is is – been considered dangerous and Micah now you know is going to have a lot of eyes on him and hopefully they'll roll some coverage over to him which will open up things for the other receivers well what did you make of BYU's defensive effort against Tennessee obviously you look at Fanua we had a bunch of tag we have 10 tackles and he had the the big uh, interception uh what'd you make of the overall effort I thought it was good I mean I, I was you know wasn't as many missed tackles pretty sound obviously there's a lot of things to always to clean up um you know as an analyst and as an ex you know as an ex-player and as a coach when i look at the film i i see some things some pad level still a little bit too high a few more you know a few little things that that need to be you know cleaned up from the corner play uh giving up some first downs on just basic things of knowing down and distance but as far as the effort i mean byu these kids want to play Right, the defense at the end of the day has been a really bright spot. I mean, holding Tennessee to 16 points or 13 points or whatever it was, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Um, and that should be, that gives you an opportunity to win. Now, I want to be upfront. I think that BYU, if they want to win games like beat USC and beat Washington, it has to be on an ugly level game. You, we, you have to slow the game down with these guys, try and control the clock, run the ball with these guys, run the ball with these guys, take shots when you need to take shots, and they can stay in any game because the defense is going to, you know, they're a bend, don't break. And that's what you're kind of seeing from them, even against Utah. They played fine. They missed a lot of tackles. But that's a really good Utah offense, a really good Utah back. And when you get hammered like that so many times, like they, like Utah did to them, there, there will be some breakage. But really, when you think about it, you know, three of the touchdowns that they gave up were two pick sixes and a fumble um, in good in good field position, and even going for it on fourth down, giving them uh, the field goal. And I want to be clear: I'm not saying BYU should have beat Utah. I'm not saying they're on the same level this year. Utah deserves all the respect they get. Um, but there were a lot of mistakes and a lot of just kind of knucklehead play um, that put them in really bad positions. Will, what was your take on Tennessee? How good a team did BYU beat? 
Well, I think they beat a hungry team. I mean, obviously, you. one of the things that Hans and I talked a lot about during the game, just watching the game, you could really see how much both coaches wanted the game, right? A lot of pressure went into this game. That Tennessee coach, he damn sure knew what was on the line. He wanted to win. And his kids came out and they played hard. Um, but obviously they're down. There's a lot of confusion. You know, you had some backup play, backups playing. But I, I do agree that they gave BYU their best shot, and BYU stood toe-to-toe. It's not like they got blown off the ball, either side of the ball. I think the offensive line played really well. I think the defensive line played really well. So I think you see a Tennessee team that will surprise some people this year. Um, You know, they can run the ball. Those backs looked really, really good. The quarterback looked a little rattled. I mean, we got some pressure to him. But also, I think he was playing a little bit nervous as well because, you know, that coach was jumping down his throat quite a bit all game and I think that might have affected his uh, decision making where he didn't want to let the go- ball go um, particularly after that uh, interception to Fanoa. What do you think Will of uh, Zach Wilson's performance in that game he was he seemed a little rattled himself at times. Yeah he did I, I mean Zach I mean one thing people have to realize we've crowned Zach in this state and don't get me wrong I've crowned him I, I love Zach Wilson I uh, he has a a huge, huge, bright future, but but sometimes you can get crowned a little bit earlier to the to a little bit early. I mean, Zach, what what are we on? His seventh start, his eighth start. I, I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe seventh, eighth, sixth start. I don't I don't know what it is. But I mean, you're going into a hostile environment, an SEC environment, um, an SEC de- defense with that type of speed. I think he was a little bit rattled, and I do put that back on the coaches to make sure that he they ease him into the game a little bit better. But what I do, what fans have to be excited about is the way that he reacted when the game was on the line. People don't understand how tight it is. I've been in those huddles before when the game is on the line, looking at your quarterback, and you've got to believe. And the fact is, Zach Wilson is a gunslinger. He's confident, and he's going to go out there and spin the ball no matter what he's done in the game. And he showed us that on on, on, um, on Saturday night. And I think he'll show it again. But I was most impressed with that slant he threw um, in the overtime. That ball was just – that was a dime. Um, and that's a big boy throw. That that's that's that will make scouts say, "Oh, this kid has some. He has something." Will Snowden is with us, our BYU insider here on ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. What do they have to do to be the Trojans this weekend, Will? <laughs> a lot. There's a lot to be done to beat USC. Obviously, they have to have a great week of practice. They have to be able to control the the, the ball, right? So two two things. It always starts in the trench. Can they control the line of scrimmage? I think they will. They will match up fine at the on both sides as far as the defensive line of defensive linemen. I think they'll play well. Offensive line, I think they'll play well. But really, what's going to be the thing that gets tested a lot is our secondary, and that hasn't been something that both of these teams, Tennessee and Utah. Didn't come out, you know, wanting to throw the ball all over the field. That wasn't their in the game plan. I think Tennessee looked at Utah and thought we can run the ball on these guys, and that's what they tried to do early. I think that's what Utah is going to do when they play BYU. They're going to smash the ball. I think USC will come out and throw the ball a little bit more, but um, the key to the key to the, the key to a victory for them is to slow the game down, in my opinion. And they have to get to this freshman quarterback, which is going to be a challenge of itself. I mean, he stands six eight. He looks like a man out there. He throws the ball really well. Um, there's just so many challenges with USC, but I do think they're going to battle. And I think this one's going to be a lot closer than people actually think. 
And I watched all of that Stanford-USC game, and I was really impressed with with uh, the freshmen like you were talking about. Uh, I wonder what, you know, playing on the road, will that affect this kid at all? What is going to get in his way? Because he looked awfully poised. And like you talked about, that that, that SC passing game, those receivers are, are just athletic and fast and, and <laughs> yeah, gifted. Yeah, I, I mean, Gordon, I mean, you, you, I mean, you put it so eloquently, and and the reality is, you're 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 seeing a juggernaut this weekend. I mean, that that's just the truth. USC, I mean, they've been down, but one thing they're never down on is talent, right? They they, they have the talent. So what it comes down to is, can they can they rattle the quarterback? Can they get to him? Which we have not been known to have a really hard pass rush getting after the quarterback. Now, am I concerned about BYU in, in the running lanes? Usually we do a very good job staying, you know, staying in our gaps, protecting against the run. But this week, USC is going to want to throw the ball. They're going to test our corners. And really what you'll see is I think they won't go to the field much because that's where Dion is. So I think they'll test the other corners on that other side quite a bit. And so it's going to be a real challenge for them to actually, you know, Step up. This is their this is their chance. Also, I think that um, you know Austin Lee had a really good game. He's been playing pretty effective, and you know they've moved Zane back to free safety, and it was good that he was able to get that free safety work against Tennessee, where they weren't continuously pushing the ball up the field because he was a little rusty when I when I looked at the film and just watching some things. He was coming up on some things that he shouldn't have been, but that will be good to have that out of the way because when USC comes to play. You just can't give them an inch. You can't make it. Can't be a game of turnovers and making mistakes. So I'm hoping that the coaches are willing to trust the defense, slow the game down, run the ball at these guys, and take shots when they should take shots. Would encourage everybody listening and go into the game on Saturday on your way. Stop by JCW, say hello to Will and Hans, and or stop by after the game, celebrate a victory, or you know. Nothing uh, drowns your sorrows like a nice JCW's milkshake, Gordon. And, Are you uh, suggesting that there will be sorrows to drown? Uh, that's why I said either way. I said go yeah. celebrate a victory or, yeah, or drown. Want, I know, but it seemed up. like Will. It seemed like he was stressing the latter. I, I, yeah, it, it did seem that way. I, I took it as disrespectful, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, that you know, it, it, that's what he's known for. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that's Will. I'm giving I you think. A hard time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you enhance you you enhance a terrific job, man. You do. Yeah, just, you really I appreciate you. We appreciate you guys and uh, love what you guys are doing, and uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. Thanks, Will. That's Will Snowden. Boy, he's right. That, second, that secondary is going to be tested. Yep, it is. And I know it's not your favorite kind of offense, but uh, that's what they're doing there at SC this year, and uh, they've got the receivers. They've got a quarterback now, and uh, the thing that really stood out to me was his poise. Because how many times do we see guys with big arms who make bad decisions, who get rattled, who do do things that they shouldn't do and they hurt their team? I mean, we see that all the time, right? So can BYU muster that, like Will was talking about? Will they be able to, you know, uh, get in his head? Yeah. Because it's been a real problem area for BYU to put pressure on a quarterback. All right. We're, uh, we might be joined by Mika Tafua coming up here uh, in just one second from Ute Practice. But we are live at Diamond Airport Parking. And real quick, checking in with, uh, with Jared. Jared, uh, want to encourage all our listeners to come find out how uh, easy it can be to park, ride, and save with Diamond Airport Parking. Absolutely. You just... Uh choose our valet option pull right up jump on the shuttle let us take care of your bags for you 
um, and have an easy, stress-free ride over to the airport. When you're ready to come home, just give us a call, and we'll have your car waiting for you. And right now, for our Zone listeners, you're doing a fall special. You're making it even better. Yep. If you want to come in, uh, ask for our fall special, and you'll get uh, a free day of valet with any three-day stay and uh, and or 20% off uh, an upgrade to covered parking. Uh, all sorts of great services, too. You can get your car detailed, oil changes, uh, glass repair while you're out of town. makes it even better. It does. Save your time and relax. Jared, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We'll have more uh, coming up from Diamond Airport Parking. But first, let's get out uh, to the Sprint Special Guest Line. Joining us now from Utah practice, uh, practice, he is Mika Tafua on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mika, thank you very much for a few minutes. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm good. Hey, we're doing great. Talk about you and, and your defensive line as a unit right now. How are you feeling about how you guys are playing? Um. I feel like we're doing good. Um, you know, every week there's something that we can improve on. You know, obviously last week against NIU, there's, there's a few things that we could uh, fix in our front. But I feel like we're doing pretty good, you know, getting better every week. Um, pretty Playing pretty assignment sound football and getting better in our technique. How important is the pass rush when it comes to slowing down uh, the throw game? Because we were just talking about that. And it seems like if, if I were a defensive coordinator, I would want you guys to be up in the grill of that quarterback, man. I just think that's a great way to disrupt everything. Well, if you had that mindset, you'd be a very good uh, defensive coordinator because that's uh, <laughs> pretty much exactly like what we want to do as a defense. You know, it kind of makes it easier on the DBs. Uh, but it helps to have good DBs to uh, you know, help us get some sacks so that, you know, the quarterback holds onto the ball a little bit longer. What happened on a couple of those plays in the first half where NIU was able to be effective through the air? Um, you know, it takes 11 guys to stop a, to stop offense. You know, if one person doesn't do their job, then, um, you know, we'll pay for it. And um, unfortunately, they found that one person that wasn't doing that a couple of times. But um, eventually, you know, we got into our groove and everybody was doing their job. Had to be really pleased about the way that uh, you performed as a whole in the second half. As much as you gave up and made some mistakes in the first half, the second half seemed absolutely clean. Yeah, um, I mean, like, everybody's going to make mistakes. You know, everybody's human. But I feel like second half we really locked in and everybody was, you know, doing their job. But it was a fun game, though. What do you think of the offense's performance in that game? Very balanced, uh, almost equal yardage, both through the air and on the ground. Um, I love it. Um, as opposed to last year, I feel like um, we're on the field not as long. So when we're on the field, we, we have like a lot of energy and we're able to make plays on defense and um, you know give our best effort. What is the best part about sacking a quarterback? <laughs> oh man, um, just when you sack the quarterback, you know, just hearing the crowd go crazy and then. Uh, coming to the sideline and knowing that, you know, you helped out your defense get off the field. Because usually, like, on third downs is when, you know, most people get their sacks or, like, towards the end of a, a series. So, What's it like That's to be a part? That's always the best part, coming to the sideline. What, what What's the best part? Uh, what's the, What does it feel like, I guess, is the question I have, to be a part of one of the best defensive fronts in the entire country? Um, I feel like you know, it's it's a very good um, it's very good like stage for us as defensive players because like 
Um, you know, everybody, we, there's all this talk about how we're the best, um, one of the best defensive fronts. So it kind of puts like a lot of responsibility on us to work hard. And I feel like that's what I like the, the most about it is that we have expectations that we need to live up to. So we need to like work extra hard to, to live up to those things. Um, it definitely puts a lot of pressure on us, but you know, I ne- uh, none of us are shying away from the pressure. Uh, we just need to continue to just focus on our assignments and continue with our technique and stuff like that. What's the best part of your game? What do you feel like are, are your best talents? Um, I still personally feel that my run game is pretty good. Um, but during this offseason, I feel like I was able to work a lot on my pass rush and able to um, kind of like make it equal with my run game as well. I still have a lot of things that I need to work on, but I feel like it's pretty balanced now. But naturally, I feel like I'm better in the run. Mika Tafua with us uh, from Ute Practice on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mika, tell us a little bit about your recruitment story, how you ended up at Utah. If I'm not mistaken, you actually were uh, at one point committed to BYU. Is that right? Yeah, I was. Um, coming out of high school, well, early on in high school, I, got, uh, I received a scholarship early for BYU. Um, I committed there. I already knew I was going to go on a mission post-high school, so I kind of just signed with them. And then uh, went on the mission, came home, decided I didn't want to go to BYU, kind of opened up my recruiting again. And then uh, actually the week I came home from BYU, uh, from my mission, I went to the BYU-Utah game in 2017, I believe. And uh, when I was on the sideline, I saw Coach Lou, and Utah was doing a U formation, and so I went over and talked to Coach Lou because um, I'd known him, uh, Coach Lewis Powell, I'd known him previously when he was coaching at UH. And so I talked to him for a little bit. He told me to take a trip out the next week. Um, I came to Utah, and then I realized that there was a lot of people from back home, like uh, Bradley and I and uh, Malik Haynes. And so I just felt, you know, like it was like home over here. So I just pulled the trigger and decided to come here. And like two, three weeks later, I was here. So... I guess this is kind of a joke of a question, really, because we he's a good friend of ours. But uh, do you feel like you're smarter than Morgan Scally? Oh, uh, this is live, right? I don't think I can. <laughs> what are you trying? That to guy is very smart. It would be hard to be smarter than him. But I try. Uh, you know? Good answer. Good that answer. is a good answer. Great well, answer. Well, listen, listen, Mika, we really appreciate you giving us a few minutes and coming on the show. Thank you very much. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Mika Tafua. They've got so much talent on the front oh, defense. Yeah. Holy cow. And it, he's one of them. I mean, those guys are really, really good. Yep, there's no doubt he about it. He sidestepped you, Gordon, like an offensive tackle. <laughs> he did. He got out of the way of that one. Smart guy. Uh, yeah. Smart man, Mika. Yeah, yeah, he's he smart I'm just kidding around. <laughs> All right. We're live from Diamond Airport Parking. We'll get a couple of cuts from Kyle Whittingham coming up right around the uh, right around the corner. Mika put us just a tad bit behind, but we'll give you a little taste of what he had to say at his press conference today. That's coming up next on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, child! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Still Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live today at Diamond Airport Parking. Come on out and see us just off uh, I-80 on Redwood Road. Make sure you uh, begin and end all of your trips with Diamond Airport Parking. We still have some jazz gear to give away. In fact, I'm surprised some of this, like uh, the, the Rudy shirt is still here. That's a cool shirt. That thing usually uh, sails right off the table. And we've got some pretty sweet shorts down here, too. So if you think all the good gear has uh, been taken, au contraire. <laughs> so come on by and take advantage of it at Diamond Airport Parking. What is au contraire? Is that French? Is that Spanish? What is that? Au it sounds French, French to me, but uh, I don't know. Austin's our French speaker. Is that French? I believe it's in contrast, but I might be In wrong. French. Okay. That would make sense. Au All contraire. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we heard from uh, the highlights from Coach Sataki's press conference at 430. Let's uh, get some highlights from Coach Witt. Um, let's start with what he liked about his team's effort against NIU and what they need to work on. Pleased with, uh, for the most part, how we played on Saturday. I uh, thought we took a step forward uh, offensively in a lot of respects. Uh, still got a ways to go, but uh, saw improvement in things we needed to see improvement in, most particularly the, the throw game, getting the ball up the field a little bit better. Special teams seemed a little bit more settled. We didn't do anything spectacular on special teams, but but uh, it was a good outing special teams-wise. Uh, defense, other than the first, first part of the game, played well, and then uh, settled in and you know, we had a shutout in the second half, obviously, which which was uh, good to see. Northern Illinois, good football team, well coached, and I think they're going to win a lot of games this year. Now we move on to the last non-conference game this week. Uh, got Idaho State coming to town. You know, they just have the one game this year that they played last week, and then uh, you know, so we'll draw upon that and uh, we'll move on and see what we do. So, in other words, he said, uh, and this week we'll be concentrating on the USC Trojans. I, I, I mean, Idaho State Bengals. I think he'll. I think he'll try to iron out some of the kinks. Kind of what he's alluding to. I mean, you don't have to take the Bengals real seriously to come away with a win, and I don't expect everything to be one hundred percent pretty. But I would guess that they're going to use it as a little bit of a dress rehearsal for the Trojans because that is going to be a huge, absolutely huge game. You know, Kyle seemed legitimately pleased. I mean, satisfied with what happened on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he usually doesn't pass out compliments unless he really means them. And uh, I I think Northern Illinois might be better than people thought they were. I well, mean, that was a physical team. I mean, they weren't great, but they were enough of a challenge for the Utes. Now, what was the line on that game? 21 points? That was 23. Oh, I thought it was 21. Anyway, they won. Nice <laughs> leather pants. So, good enough. I, know, so he was... He, he had some concerns about giving up that 74-yard touchdown. Uh, you just don't want to do that, no matter who you're playing. I would guess that the reason Coach Witt is in a fairly decent mood after that game is because I bet he kicked some butts at halftime. And, <laughs> and they, then they got in order. And they really responded. Uh-huh. They really responded in yeah. the second half. So I, I would guess that, that that probably puts a smile on his face. It's not that they played badly per se in the first half but there was certainly some room for improvement and then in the second half i mean they really dialed it up so that, that probably uh would please coach witt i would guess one of the kids that really impressed me for uh, northern illinois was that tears kid that receiver he's good yeah he's well, good I, I saw him down on the field afterward and he he looks like a a, a wide out and i know? thought the quarterback was good ross oh, bowers yeah. Yeah, transferred from, from cal, cal uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. I, I thought he I thought he was a good player. 
and they absolutely shut him down in the second half. But, I mean, he made some throws. Uh, Northern Illinois was not void of talent. They were actually a little better than I had expected I, I them agree. to be. I agree. And so did the Utes play their best early on? Obviously no. The answer is no. But like you said and Witt summarized as well, they got it together and slammed the door and uh, shut them out in the second half. So, I mean, I guess that's about as good as you can hope for. And the offense... Uh, I think the run game, maybe expect a little more out of that part of the offense. But NIU is making it difficult for the Utes to do that. And so what they do, they turn the ball over to Tyler Huntley and let him throw the ball around a little bit, and he did. All right, here's uh, Coach Witt talking about Tyler Huntley and how he's uh, evolved since he was a freshman with the Utes. His confidence, he's got a great deal of confidence right now in what he's doing. He's got a... A great grasp of what Andy's scheme is all about, and Andy's done a great job with Tyler. He's in the top ten in the nation in QBR, which is the real, that's what you pay attention to. If you want to know how your quarterback's playing, look at the QBR. That's the best analytic or evaluation of how your quarterback is, is helping your team out and contributing. And right now he's in the top ten, and that says a lot. That says a lot for him. He's, uh, he's making good decisions. He's being patient. He's not trying to force the ball into spots where you shouldn't be forcing it. Uh, he's being very judicious with his running. He hasn't, uh, you know, he's been, you know, he took one big shot a couple weeks ago, but but uh, for the most part, he's being much more intelligent about his decisions in the run game, you know, him when he personally carries the ball. I agree with that. I do too. I, I think that there are times when he could let it loose when he doesn't. In other words, I think he might be overly cautious, but you can't argue with uh, his efficiency overall, like, uh, like Whittingham said there. QBR rating is is really sweet. And I do think I did notice that in the Northern Illinois game. He did get better of choosing when to run. Uh-huh. And I think that's really important for him. We talked about it last week. The the one look and then take off if your one read isn't there. It seemed to me that he was much more patient. And certainly uh, compared to last year or the year before, yeah. his decision making on the zone read when to give the ball. And I know they're not running as much zone read as they have in the past. But his decision making seems to me to be a lot better. For whatever reason, the, the the coupling of Andy Ludwig with uh, with Huntley seemed to it's they seem to be meshing well. Well, I think he's a better coach than Troy Taylor was. Okay, fair I enough. think I think that helps. Maybe people out there might disagree, but I, I think don't. he's a I think I he's a better coach. Yeah, I agree with that. No doubt. All right, uh, we're live from Diamond Airport parking. We'll get more coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. show 97.5 of the zone we're live from diamond airport parking we want to remind you coming up top of the six o'clock hour we'll split the signals on the fm side uh, you'll be able to continue to hear the big show over there on the am we'll have nfl football monday night football for you we'll pick that sucker up uh, in progress how much is it did you watch the whole rams game yesterday if you missed no. the show on friday gordon is experimenting with being an la rams fan and well just because i wanted to be a fan it was almost of any team but that's the team I ended up with for whatever reason. So, so far, so good. 
Yeah. And you know what it did? Now I was interested in watching a bunch of other games, too. So it kind of did ignite my interest in what was going on around the league. So yeah. I, I was dialed into the NFL yesterday, too. And uh, it's, it's great it's back. But how about I love it. When, when an overhyped team gets uh, exposed a little bit. And how about the Browns catching <laughs> up beating uh, from the Tennessee Titans of all teams? Austin, are you riding high Austin's today? Team. Oh, yeah. Hashtag tighten up. I, I knew that every stat, every second. Didn't miss any of the game except I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> See, I, oh. am, I, I am not a believer in Baker Mayfield. And I know he played well at times last year, but I, I don't know. No, not a big Mayfield fan here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Browns are the Browns. You almost picked the Browns. It's going to take a whole lot to convince me. I know I didn't. Oh. No, I didn't. You didn't? Who did it come down to? You picked the Rams. Who else was a contender? The Rams, the Chargers, the Eagles, since I do have a soft spot for Philly. Um and I think that was that was pretty much that pretty much it. I couldn't pick the Patriots. Yeah, no one else plays in LA, so yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. It's it's Los Angeles teams, and we shouldn't be a surprise. USC wins one game, and they're going to win the national title. If I was going to go by city, then I would have gone to Philly. And if I was going to do the second team, probably would have been the Raiders, since they're going to be in Las Vegas, the closest to us geographically. But so. yet, you went with the LA team. Yeah, but that was just because I got a bunch of suggestions from people saying do that. And you love Los Angeles and everything that goes along with it. Not true. I love LA. A little bit. Not true. You love to tell everybody about the freeways? I do not. I just explained. Chip and golf falls into the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Heard that one before. Well, I lived there for 10 years. Meeting you. Hugh. You took, you took people on the Gordon Monson reality tour down there? I did. That was probably a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, speaking of the Patriots, they smashed the Steelers. That was a little bit of a surprise. Yes, they did. And uh, they're going to. Uh, uh, what effect will Antonio Brown have on that team? Uh, it'll it'll be a positive one. Tom Brady's over the moon on that. Well, the thing is, is they they you have to fall in line with the Patriots. It's the perfect place for Antonio Brown because he has to fall in line. Well, some people think there's a conspiracy that that's where he wanted to be all along. I believe it. Although he didn't have to sign that big deal with the Raiders. True, but for some reason they wouldn't. They they weren't going to trade him to the Patriots, the Steelers. And we're going to do that. And yeah, so but they this way he got around it. Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, he he didn't have to put his name on the contract with the Raiders, though. You know what I mean? He I didn't guess. end up making any money from the Raiders. So. So do you believe that it was in the back of his mind all along? Because the Patriots wanted him. I think it could be. It could have been. I don't know. You know me. I like a good conspiracy. When I was uh, I was in the press box up at the University of Utah when news of that came down. And the first comment I heard from press row was, just hand him the trophy now. Yeah. It looked really good. And Belichick uh, has been telling people he thinks this is his best defense ever. So. Yeah. They might be awesome. Yeah, they, they, they're going to be good. But, you know, there's some talent spread around the league. I think the Eagles are going to be good. I think that both the Chargers and the Rams will be good. Who Your else? Rams. Who, my Rams. That's right. I'm going to go buy a hat. I'm going to Are you going to start it. saying we? No, I won't do that. All right. I don't think I can get there. But 
Uh, who else? Some people think the Seahawks have a shot. The Packers. Not the Bears. <laughs> Just because Tony roots for him. Are you going to start rooting against the Rams now? Probably. You're a bad man. You're a bad human being. Well, if if I actually buy that you're being a fan, then yes, I'll probably start. To, I am uh, rooting against the. Rams. And now I can't just dive right in. I mean, I got to ease my way in because I'm the kind of guy that when I'm going out into the ocean, I don't dive right in. I sort of wade out, and then I dive in. So I'm in that wading process. Right, right and now. I'm expected to believe that you're actually going to do this. You should just dive right in and do it. And then I will start cheering against your team. Okay, well, I'll look forward to that. We are live from Diamond Airport parking right off of I-80 on Redwood Road. Uh, what, Jared, are you the type of guy, are you like me, do you root against your friend's teams? Oh, of course. If your friend is a big fan of a team, you're automatically rooting against them every game, right? Hate them, yes. Yes, see, you, you guys, you guys, what, what about compassion? What about uh, feeling for your friends and your fellow man? No, you want to see them uh, miserable in their sports <laughs> yeah, fandom. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What team do you root for? You don't have any one team. You're Forty Niners. Okay. Don't, Niners don't judge me. <laughs> no judgment. I actually think the Niners are going to be better this year. Jimmy G is a player. I'm not a big Kyle Shanahan guy, but Jimmy G can play. Okay. I, th- I think it'll be. Uh, I, th- I think they'll be better this year. They won yesterday, didn't they? I'm pretty sure they smashed somebody. Anyway. Austin, who's your team, man? Seahawks. Seahawks. Austin's a, a Seahawks okay. guy, and then Austin Horton's a, a Titans fan. All right, so we're spread around a little bit. Yeah, we are. Uh, but uh, not today. We're here at Diamond Airport Parking. We've been having a great time, Jared. Uh, maybe one thing we, we should hit on, which uh, should actually go without saying, is that you've got an amazing staff. We met a couple of the shuttle drivers and the and the valet people, and just friendly. This seems like a really fun place to work. It really is. It's something different every day, new challenges, new people to meet. Um, our staff is great. We take a lot of pride in uh, the hiring process uh, and the training process to make every guest experience uh, 100%. I'd say that's pretty important when you're concerned about customer service, right? Oh, absolutely. And everyone we've met out here has been terrific. And that's what kind of maybe the valet is all about, where, where you guys are going to take care of literally everything after somebody pulls right up. Yeah, you, you hit on the head a couple of times. It's, uh, that's what sets us apart. It's, our, it's the quality of service with our valet. Um, make life easy for yourself. The other thing I've noticed is just how convenient it is. When people are on their way to the airport, they're always concerned about uh, time. Mm-hmm. And they just pull right in. The car is parked. They jump on a shuttle. No stops. Just on their way and with a bottle of water in their hands. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes to all the above. You, I mean, you just laid it right out. There's. I'm trying to find a downside here. I can't find one. And, and you won't, honestly. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great place to park. It's a safe place to park. Um, and there's uh, the, the customer service is top-notch, and that's where we'll keep our customers coming back. And you, you want our listeners to figure it out for their, or, or to experience, I should say, experience it for themselves, and you're doing a great fall deal. Yes. Uh, get a free day of valet with a minimum of a three-day stay, um, or you can upgrade to a covered valet for uh, 20% off. Take advantage of it. Come in. Just tell them you're a zone listener. You're looking for the fall special, and you'll hook them up. We will. Thanks, Jared. You're the man. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have more Big Show on the FM side of NFL football on the AM coming up next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We want to say a big, big thanks to our friends here at Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 on Redwood Road. And listen, if you've got your trips planned, you've got stuff coming up, traveling for business, traveling with the family, do yourself a favor and leave the car here at Diamond Airport Parking. Their staff is great, Gordon, and we've certainly loved our experience coming out here today. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, all you got to do is come out here and check it out and see this is the way to go. Well, I you mean, and I'm all about convenience. You know that. Yep. And you brought up earlier what a persnickety traveler you are and how easily bugged you are. Well, take take a lot of that out of it. Absolutely. Well, and uh, you, Gordon, you are a person, as we know, that uh, takes great care of automobiles. And you know when you leave it here, it will be uh, well cared for, especially if you do the valet option. And uh, it, yeah, You drive up, they, they, they park your car for you, uh, completely secure and everything. You get on the shuttle, and you're on your way. Are you, uh, are you, uh, what kind of traveler are you? Oh, uh, you know, just an average traveler. Because I do. I get irritated really easily. I don't, and, get, I don't get irritated. I mean, I don't like complications, obviously, but, uh, but I'm, not, I'm not whiny. Like I, you are. I've done the bus tour over there at the the airport parking yeah. lot, and wow. let me let me. I'll tell you, it's irritating. This is much better. This is much better. I, I'm serious. When you get out and you go to the curb, there's always a diamond shuttle within just a couple of minutes, so yeah. you're not really waiting out there. And it's you never crowded. have to wait it's, for another bus to come around uh, when it's too crowded. It's uh, you know that's irritating when you're in a hurry to get home. Uh, it's just a nightmare. And plus, uh, you know, like uh, like Jared told us earlier, if um, if they if you touch your bags they're in between here <laughs> and the airport, they're not doing their job. They want to make it really, really easy for you. Yes. So check um, them out at Diamond Airport Parking, and they're going to hook you up. Well, ask for the fall special. They're going to save you some money. Say you heard it on the zone, and you're looking for the fall special. Uh, they'll give you a free day of valet. Uh, minimum of three day stay, or they'll uh, do the uh, the covered for twenty percent off. Yeah, that's yeah, a nice way to save. Some it's dollars. been a it's been a fun show today, Gordon. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to have to uh, talk a little bit at least about the Nick Emery comments. We were so packed with uh, Frank Layden and talking football, we didn't have a chance to get to Nick getting a little loose on Twitter over the weekend. We'll have to get to that. Tomorrow. Yeah, we will. We'll discuss that. And uh, you know, Jake, thanks. You did a nice job today. Thanks to Austin back in the studio. Thanks to, uh, to Austin here on site, and uh, yeah, we've yeah, had a good time. And thanks to all our listeners, we couldn't do it without you. Well, real quick, now you have to clear. I mean, Austin Horton is not in two places at once. You could, you need to clarify. We've got Austin. No, no, Horton I'll take the credit. The studio. I'm all right with that. <laughs> and, the fastest man in radio. And Austin Facer is here as our on-site engineer today. So thank you to both Austins for their role. We really appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, we want to say thanks to Frank Layden who is on the show, Christian Cox, Will Snowden, Mika Tafua. All of those interviews are up online at 1280thezone.com, or you can subscribe to our podcast. Go to your favorite podcast catcher, search out The Big Show, uh, hit subscribe for us, and uh, that'll go automatically to your podcast feed. But we had a lot of good stuff, as well as Split Story, all of our hours. We always put up a ton of great content, so make sure and subscribe. Well, today's was a little rough. I never post that one. Good, good. Kidding-ish. Don't, do you or don't you? I do. It's an hour two. <laughs> it's an hour two. It doesn't get its own special podcast, <laughs> Gordon. Sorry. Uh, but uh, big thanks uh, to everybody for listening. Thank you, Gordon. Yeah, thank you, Jake. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.